back to this It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. What is the uh, significance of that name? Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro-Giovanni and Dave Morris. That's what the people came to see. A 5-Minute Major Podcast. What took you so long to finally seal the deal, my man? Let's go. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode, <clears throat> not just another episode of 5-Minute Major Radio. We're not even 5-Minute Major Radio anymore, we're just 5-Minute Major. Mm-hmm. However, that is where we got our start, but tonight is the 200th episode of 5-Minute Major. Dave here, along with my broadcast partner in crime, who has been with me for, I would say, the majority of those 200, Matt, Master Giovanni. Matt, how's it going this evening? It's going well. It's uh, an exciting uh, milestone that we are hitting this week with episode number 200. Uh, it's been a wild ride, to say the least, um, talking about all that we have with the Flyers, with the NHL, with, you know, going off the rails with random other topics like, you know, other sports, the weather, um, social justice issues, and, you know, kind of everything in between. So it's been great talking with you for the past 200 episodes. Well, I'm trying to think of how many I've actually done. Um, you, I would say you, you've at least because I started, I started the pod out as the hockey nerd news, if you remember, all the way back in the day. Yeah. And then I did a couple episodes by myself for that. It wasn't a whole lot back when I actually paid SoundCloud money to distribute the podcast. Like I paid them a <laughs> monthly fee. Yeah. Um, did that for a little bit. Then I brought Jacob Hunter Harrison on, and he was my co-host for about, I want to say, a year and a half. Okay. And then you came in the fold towards the end of that, and it was the three of us Yeah. doing the pod for almost, I want to say, like a year. And then Jake moved on to different greener pastures, possibly. And, <laughs> uh, and then me and you have been doing it ever since, and that's, I think, at least three years now it's been you and i on the pod yeah with special uh, guest appearances from jake every once in a while or good old posh street hoagies and our affiliates over there in the pottery bullies of course they've been with us now for two two years which is crazy to say i think it's almost two years we've been affiliated with them so it's it's crazy time flies when your team is mediocre (laughs) yeah it, it really does i mean i started this podcast jesus after a terrible, ter- one of the terrible losses at the hands of Dave Hacksaw's coaching tenure, I think to the Pittsburgh Penguins, in which a year in which the Flyers, you know, they, they weren't going to make the playoffs, but they made it interesting and they made it close. And it was a game where, oh, they, they needed to win this game. And Dave Hacksaw did what Dave Hacksaw did with us and came up short. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to, go record my thoughts and vent and here we are 200 episodes later which is crazy to think yeah i mean we've we've gone through a lot obviously with the flyers and in our own personal lives and you know just in the world so to speak so covid (laughs) yeah we've gone through a pandemic um you know we've we've gone through all the ebbs and flows of you know like i said our personal lives our um podcast lives if that makes sense 
um, and, you know, just talking about anything Flyers related, hockey related, you know, like I said before, we've kind of we've kind of covered all the bases um, in any sort of topic that we can when we, you know, we don't have much to talk about in the, the dog days of summer um, or if we feel like there's some sort of tangent that we need to go on, um, whether it's like, uh, you know, we, the Phillies just won, obviously, right before we started recording here. So, like, you know, we've had a we've had a Super Bowl by the Eagles. Um I think right. Were we? Did you record this in 2018? Yeah, yeah. All right. We, so we've we, had one championship, but not we've from had the two Flyers. Super Bowl appearances by the Eagles in the time yeah. of our podcast. One win and one L. Yeah, I mean we've had a, we had a great run from the Phillies, the Union. I mean we've had, sadly, aside from the Flyers, we've had other Philly sports teams make very good runs over the past few years. But we've had, the, I think, two really fun. Out of all the years we knew this, I think we've had two fun flyer seasons. Yeah. And only two. That just shows how dedicated we are, I guess. Like, I mean, again, we've we've talked about it before where, you know, everyone who's listened to us these past few years and, you know, stuck with us for the most part while we mainly talk about how bad this team has been at a lot of points more than we obviously care to talk about. But, you know, I think it just kind of it's a it's a testament to I don't. This is probably tuning our own horn, but it's a testament to how big of fans we are. Where you know Humble we brag. we give it, we give the people what they want every week, regardless of if the Flyers lose nine to one to the Rangers or if they beat like the the pre rebuild Red Wings five to two or something like that. So I mean, we've seen many many a high and low um, on this podcast and. You know, we just kind of we give people what we think is the best kind of content that we can give. And, you know, I mean, again, 200 episodes and who knows where we'll be in another 200 episodes. Yeah. Do you do you remember your first actual appearance on this podcast? Uh, I do not. But I remember it being I'm pretty sure it was at your grandparents house, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you were. I had you on as a guest. I was still doing the podcast by myself. Oh, and I okay. was struggling with ideas of what to do. So I just asked you if you wanted to come on. And I essentially, like, interviewed you. Yeah. And that was, Jesus, that was almost five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Oh, um, man. I mean, again, just going through the pandemic like we did a couple of years ago, that feels like just yesterday, oh, so it, to speak. Like, the, like the, the last three, like the three years. Like the from the endgame. Yeah, the last three years have bled into each other, so to speak, with just, you know, trying to take it all in as best you can. But, no, I mean, it's it's been crazy kind of, you know, how far we've come. And, you know, the I feel like a lot of, you know, especially podcasts nowadays where it's like it's like a belly button where everyone has one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's very hard to stand out. But I think, Dave, what we've done, you know, is like I said, just done what we feel is right for us as opposed to, you know, trying to impress people trying to you know we're no spitting chiclets or missing curfew or anything like that like we're it'd be great to be like that don't get me wrong um but you know we we both have like all like actual jobs aside from this um like friends family all that type of stuff so it's like obviously we love doing this podcast but like i don't know did did you go into this thinking you know what i don't i want to have millions of followers and create my own uh vodka and have a bunch <laughs> of merch like i don't know if either of us kind of saw that i mean again if it kind of like happened by chance it would have been like 
holy yeah. shit, like where, like how did we get here, so to speak? But I think what, like I said, I think we've just we've stayed. I guess the best term to be to use would be stayed grounded, where you know we've we've done some trial and error with other um, you know affiliates um, and other just guests and stuff like that, and you know. And some of those affiliates aren't even around anymore. Like I don't. Yeah. And like I the mean, pitching coop, I think, is defunct. Yeah, and I think, you know, to just, you know, at some points, you know, life just gets in the way. And, you know, like, um, it's just, I don't know, we've gone through a lot about a lot with this podcast. But I think, again, like, we've kind of, you know, hit a stride these past few months and couple years where it's like, again, we have our boys at the Pod Street Bullies. Um, you know, we, we have our social media following. We had an Instagram, but we thought, like, meh. This is too much work. It's for still there. Topic. It's still active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go to it if you want, but we yeah. haven't posted on it in years. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, we we both manage our own social media accounts well enough where, like, you know, obviously it's all, it's officially the hockey off season at this point. Um, but you know, like, we still kind of we get our we get the Flyers news, we get any sort of big hockey news out there as best we can via Twitter and Facebook. Um, so I mean, again, we I think we do our best to you know direct people to where they need to go or, you know, again, share the love, so to speak, where if we tag Pottery Bullies or, you know, one of our other, you know, Flyers Twitter people that we're friendly with and say, hey, go check him or her out or they, them, um, just to just to be appropriate there. Cover um, the bases. Yeah, to cover the bases. Um, so, no, I think, again, we, we just do a great job of kind of, you know, and not it's not a bad thing, but just staying in our lane, you know, like recognizing kind of, you know, who we are as a podcast, kind of what we stand for, what we do. And, you know, we just have fun with it for the most part. I don't want to like, I'm sure you feel the same way where it's like, you don't feel like this is a chore. Like you kind of like, it's a good, I guess, quote unquote break from like the routine every so often where again, obviously I know we plan ahead of when we're going to record, but you know, it's, it's good to kind of, again, like hop on, hop on Skype here. Like we do like talk to each other. We shoot the breeze for a couple minutes beforehand, kind of go over what we're going to, um, like talk about and stuff like that. But then again, you know, stuff comes up in, in, in the flow of things too. So, um, it's just good to have that back and forth and I'm sure people get tired of just you and me agreeing on everything most of the time. Um, well, then so, people should just get used to our correct opinions, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but no, I mean, again, it's, it's been awesome and, you know, I'm happy to be, um, I'm happy to be your co-host and we're at 200 now, but again, I don't know, you know, I've been thinking about this. I mean, the hot topic of the week has been the collapse of I-95 um, in Philadelphia. <laughs> and the the running meme that I've seen, which I think is hilarious, is who will rebuild first, I-95 or the Flyers? Or the Flyers? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that, I mean, again, I think in the next 200 episodes of this podcast, I don't know if the Flyers will be rebuilt by then. But I pray to God that 95, 95 is will rebuilt. Be. Because, I mean, there's thousands of cars that cross that, just that, like, obviously 95 goes all the way down to Florida. Um, Ain't but, like, Florida. it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's been, I wanted to plug that in there somewhere where it's like, you know, they have the live stream now of, like, watch PennDOT and, like, the government try to rebuild 95, and it's like. And aren't they, like, literally, like, filling it up with dirt and then paving over the dirt just to reopen the road, and then they're going to slowly rebuild the road like off to the side or something i have no idea i i, I saw that on twitter where i, I yeah the preacher sure the plans they're gonna fill the hole that collapsed with dirt essentially blocking that road underneath it 
and then paving over the the new ground they made just to get it open again and then they're going to divide it off again well i mean now we're adding another um another tool of topics under our belt as a construction podcast yes um and we you know what we'd probably do a better job than pendot yeah probably because they stink. Uh, but no, I wanted to get that in there because, again, I've seen that meme probably multiple times where it's like, who will rebuild first, I-95 or the Flyers? And I'm like, definitely not the Flyers. Um, but you, I think you that, might be, that might be a good uh, ep- podcast title tonight. Yeah, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, the Flyers are obviously doing their part. We have some things to talk about here uh, in the near future, obviously, in the next few minutes. But, Dave, if, if you'd like, we uh, we can, you know – Pat ourselves on the back one last time for now to making it to our 200th episode, and we will get into the, the hard-hitting news that we bring yes. people um, week in and week out or, you know, every other week or whatever, if we're available or not. But um, we had a big thing happen on Tuesday night. Yes. Yes. Um, if you live under a rock and you don't know, the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup in Las Vegas – beating the Florida Panthers in five games and in just, you know. It's their I sixth year. <laughs> yeah, in just their sixth year as a franchise. Obviously, they went to the Stanley Cup final their first year. They missed the playoffs last season, and then they come, obviously, all the way back um, from, you know, from that to now being Stanley Cup champions. Um, I believe they are the second quickest team to make it to win a Stanley Cup um, as an expansion team? No, they're the first. They actually broke the Flyers' record. Oh, The okay. Flyers had the record in seven years, and well, Vegas now, beat us by a year. Well, the Flyers will still be the first expansion team to win. Yes, the, so all time, have, but they're no longer that, the quickest expansion. Yeah. But, you know, another record from the Flyers just, you know, dust, dust in the wind away. now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they also, again, like, stomped on the Panthers. It was, what, 9-3? Oh to three? Was the final yeah. score? Uh, I mean, in every game that three out of the five games that Vegas won were blowouts. Yes. Game one was five two Vegas. Game two was seven two Vegas. Game three was four to three Vegas to an overtime. Game four was three two Vegas, and then game five was nine to three Vegas. Whew. Yeah, I mean, I Florida's think, mojo know, ran out. Yeah, I was about to say that Florida's, you know. They're the team of destiny, obviously, again, I think they were compared to the Knights who were kind of, you know, the steamrolling kind of, I don't know if they necessarily flew under the radar, but, um, like, again, I think you just kind of see guys that you don't expect become heroes in the Stanley Cup, mainly, like, you know, Jonathan Marchessault. Aiden Um, Hill. Yeah, Aiden Hill suddenly became Patrick Waugh of, like, the old, like, the guys. He is going to get paid this offseason. Um, but no, I mean, again, like Florida also, again, I know you see that, you know, that thing come out after these games are over, these series are over and holy hell was Florida banged up injury. Oh my God. Um, I mean, most notable of all, Matthew Kachuk had a fractured sternum. Yeah. You want to play hockey with that? Yeah. Um, (laughs) like his brother had to help him out of bed after game four. He didn't play in Game Five because I mean, again, he, I don't think you, you definitely can't play hockey with a fractured yeah. sternum. Brady had to help him get out of bed for his pregame nap, and then he had to actually get dressed by people in his equipment. Like people had to put his shoulder pads on, his pants. Someone had to tie his skates. 
Like he couldn't do anything. Yeah. I'm trying but to find the article about all of these injuries. But I I'm know Aaron sure. Aaron Ekblad dislocated his one shoulder like two or three times. He played with a broken foot. Like Yeah, here we go. Um he broke, yeah, he broke his foot during the game two of the Eastern Conference first round against the Bruins. Did not he was find out the about it. Foot the entire playoffs. Yeah, Holy shit. Um, so he broke his foot in the first round. Didn't find out about it until between the second round and Eastern Conference final, and then dislocated How? his shoulder in the Eastern Conference Wait, final against out. the Hurricanes. How do you not find out you have a broken foot for weeks? When you're a professional athlete who's on it all the time. And I'm pretty sure broken. I mean, I've broken a leg before and that friggin hurt. But like, yeah, I'm pretty sure walking on a broken foot, you'd be able to go. Something ain't right here, doc. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, I mean, it's just these these guys literally lay their lives on the line for the Stanley Cup and yeah, like we, yeah. we we see it every time you know no matter if it's the Stanley Cup final or the first round you know you see after like i said after every series you see all these injuries come out and it's like it makes you go like it makes you just take a step back and you're like how are they able to still play nhl caliber level hockey with all of these ailments like it's well, Brady just, Kachuk couldn't and it was evident in in, yeah. in game 4 <laughs> yeah um not but Brady, aside, Jesus. Yeah. Um, aside from the injuries, um, the Conn Smythe Trophy uh, as playoff MVP was awarded to Jonathan Marsha Show, uh, one of the original quote unquote Golden Misfits. Uh, he was voted the winner after he helped the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup for the first time in their history with a 9 3 victory against the Florida Panthers in Game 5 at T Bumble Arena. The forward received 13 first place votes among the 18 ballots from the Professional Hockey Writers Association. With Jack Eichel receiving the five other, f- other wait, received the other five place votes. What the hell does that mean? I think he got have, the other first place votes. It says five place. The yeah, there's a typo there. Um, anyway, Marsha Show, who is one of the six remaining players from the Golden Knights inaugural season back in 2017-2018, was tied for the NHL lead in goals with 13, second in points with 25 in just 22 playoff games. He also had eight points in the Stanley Cup final and ended the playoffs on a 10-game point streak with eight goals and seven assists. And he didn't have a single goal in their first-round series against Winnipeg. Yep. Yeah. And he ended with 13. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, He's currently their all-time leader in a number of offensive categories, including goals, assists, points, power play goals, power play points, and game-winning goals. He's also their leader in playoff goals and points as well and is one of three players— uh, also, William Carlson and Riley Smith to have played in all 88 playoff games in Vegas's history. It's so weird that like they've only been around for six years now, and they've almost played a hundred uh, playoff games already. And it's, I mean, it's the, it's the it's, way they were run and built. I was gonna say it's the it's a testament to how they were built too. Where it was Bill Foley came out like during the what it was I guess it was during the expansion draft really where it was like but it was before it was when they got announced. Yeah, said, it was like he said. The playoffs within three, the Stanley Cup within six, and that's the expectation. And that's literally what happened. Yeah, they go. They they did better. Yeah, they go to the Cup (laughs) final on in their first season, and then obviously fall short to the Capitals. 
And then, you know, they make the playoffs, I think, every year except for last season. Mm -hmm. And then, again, they come back from missing the playoffs last season to now winning it all this year. And it's been – I mean, they're, they're – I mean, I don't even think – don't even think it's an argument that they're, like, the best expansion team of all time. Oh, yeah. And I know a lot of people are up in arms about it, but, like, you know – Unless the Kraken somehow win next year. Which I don't see them doing. Yeah. Um, but, like, Vegas, you know, they had different, like, Vegas and Seattle had much different rules than the 90 expansion era teams did. Um, because the NHL knew that to be the first pro league team in Vegas, they need to be good off the hop. Or else it, yeah. it would flop and it wouldn't do well. Um, you know, Vegas, and the way they were run... They don't have a great reputation across the National Hockey League because of how they run and how they do business. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It won them the Stanley Cup. They they don't care. The new shiny toy, they go and get it. An old player who did well for them, they have no problem saying, you know what, you're no good for us. See you later. Yep. We'll give you away for free and Max Pacioretty, you know? Yeah. And they bring in Jack Eichel. Well, first round picks do not exist. They are draft candy. Here, you, you're you going to give me this star. Here, here's two first-rounder picks. Don't care. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, you know what? Honestly, if the Flyers were in that similar boat, and that's how the Flyers start to business, and it won them championships, wouldn't be complaining. Nope. They don't ask how. They ask how many. Precisely. <laughs> like, Vegas, To be, there's going to be pain for the Vegas Golden Knights because of how they've done things. And they're an older team. Their farm system's pretty depleted. They don't really have a whole lot in their system covered to come up. So when there is pain, it's going to be painful for a while. But right now, they're reaping the rewards because they're still going to be good for a couple more years. Yeah. Yep. And they also have three guys. Three. Yeah. So they have – it's so weird, too, because they have, like, all these, like, low-key names. Well, I guess not low-key, but names that just kind of, like, fly under the radar. Like, Phil Kessel won his third Stanley Cup. Um Alec Martinez won his third Stanley Cup. Jonathan Quick won his third Stanley Cup. Petrangelo won his second. Um, and then I think those are the only guys that have won multiple ones, I believe. Yeah. Everyone else was a first-timer. Oh, no, Ivan Barbashev was on St. Louis, too. Oh, you're right, you're right. Um, speaking of him, did you see him throw up the peace sign when they were doing the um, like the team photo? Where yeah, no, up the number, we're number two. And like he throws up the number two, and then he like looks back at everyone. He's like, and he's oh, wait, like, right, number oh, wait, one. Everyone has number one up. Like, yeah. I think he was just trying to do like a peace sign to be like cool, but then like he would have been the only dude. Like, we got second place. Hell yeah. Like, um, so he needs but, to be like Xavier Leflem from Goon, number one. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Vegas wins the Stanley Cup. Florida, you know, falls short after they have just a, a hell of a run. Um, just to kind of, you know, wrap up the playoffs and my own thoughts here for a couple minutes. They were weird. Um, you know, I think what we, you know, as we said before, everyone that we saw making a deep run was gone in the first or second round. Um, obviously, you know, Florida beating Boston in the first round was the springboard that they needed to get all the way to the cup final. And that wrecked um, millions of brackets everywhere. Yeah, um, I mean, Chicago, or not Chicago, Colorado losing in the first round. You know, again, the defending champions getting beaten by the Kraken in seven games. Um, teams with high expectations like the the Rangers, the Devils, um, you know, Dallas made a run again to the the, the conference final in the West. Um, you know, Minnesota, 
Um, just, you know, we didn't, I, I don't even know how many team. I would love to see how many people had Vegas, Florida in the Stanley Cup final before the playoffs. I think there was one bracket. Really? I, I, I think I heard somewhere that there was one bracket that got that right out of millions. Hopefully that person put money on it too. They, yeah, I hope so. They might have, they just obviously cashed in, um, if they picked Vegas to win in a Vegas, Florida final. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, again, the playoffs were, you know, just some crazy storylines again. Obviously, the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, being the, the Bruins collapse in the first round. Um, you know, Colorado loses in the first round. Uh, the A lot of sweeps, which was crazy. Um, like, so, I mean, again, these these series, it's, it, you know, the, the, the holy crap, let me rewind there. The Stanley Cup playoffs are unpredictable, as I'll say. Yes. Um, and boy, were they this season because, again, I, if you would have told me at the beginning of the, the regular season where it's like, hey, like, you know, the Panthers are going to, you know, barely make it into the playoffs, but then they're going to beat the Bruins, who also set the win record for, like, the regular season. And I would have been like, eh, I think Don't you're think so. smoking crack or something there, boss. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, again, it's unpredictable. It's a hell of a ride. It's exciting. It's emotional. It's stressful. I mean, there were times when I was watching games where I was, like, almost ready to rip my hair out because I, like, again, the Flyers didn't, weren't even in the playoffs, but it's, like, even if you don't have a dog in the fight, so to speak, you're still, like, on the edge of your seat at points because it's just the, the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best postseason in, in sports, and the Stanley Cup is obviously hands down the best trophy in sports. Yes. Um, I know that the Nuggets won the NBA title the other night as well, but Sick I just kind of breezed right over that and was like, all right, cool, whatever, congrats. Um, so, I mean, hell, you even got Charles Barkley on N- uh, NBA on TNT just saying, like, yeah, don't even really watch the first round of the NBA playoffs. Like, just watch the finals. Like, <laughs> So, I mean, the hockey playoffs, the NHL playoffs are, you know, they're unmatched and they're just always a, a hell of a time. And, again, they're they're unpredictable. So, it's been a, a crazy postseason. Obviously, again, the Vegas Golden Knights are your Stanley Cup champions for the 2022-2023 season. And, you know, at this point, we're we're off. Um, we're in the offseason, but, you know, it's a, it's a quick turnaround here with the next step being the draft. Um, but there's also, I think, the buyout window starts, um, I believe, tomorrow maybe, or the 20th, one of those dates. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean – we're, you know, we have not even maybe just just under two weeks at this point of kind of, you know, maybe a little bit of a lull. But, you know, obviously we had the Flyers training Provorov. Um, they just had a couple more hires again, which we'll get to in a minute. But, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, one team wins the cup, but every other team that doesn't win the cup is, you know, right back to, you know, how do we make ourselves better for next year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. The playoffs this year for me, Matt, were the kind of the similar boat to you, where it was shocking and surprising. I know my bracket was ruined in round one, like I said many times on this podcast. Um, and just it was something I, I like didn't have Florida and Vegas at all in the in the finals or even making it past. I had both them losing in round I had both teams losing in round one. And it almost happened. Because if you remember, Vegas's first game, even though they beat Winnipeg in five, game one, Winnipeg destroyed Vegas. And then against Boston with Florida, 
in game five with less than a minute to go in regulation, Brad Marchand has a breakaway. He scores that goal. Boston moves on, you know, and, and David Pasternak hit the post in game seven. There's so many like what ifs. Um, but no, Vegas, you know, got the job done and Florida, you know, a hell of a run. But I really think those nine days off they had in between sweeping Carolina and then facing Vegas in the cup final really hurt them. And I also think, you know, Florida didn't like Boston was the president's trophy winning team, but like they didn't really have much of a challenge against Toronto and Carolina and playing Boston was almost a month and a half ago. And Vegas just kept their wheels rolling. You know, they won in five, then one in six, then one in six, and they had long series, not lots of layoff. And they were just a deeper team. And they got done. And for Panthers fans, it, it, it sucks. You know, you, you're still Stanley Cup, Stanley Cupless, and you haven't even performed well in the two times you made it to the finals. You got swept the first time in 96. Now you're done in five in 2023. And kind of an older team, not a lot of deep prospects, and the good old Philadelphia Flyers own your first-round pick next year. There you go. So I will use that as a segue, Mastro, because that's what we do on these podcasts, to mention, even though the Flyers, you know, there's been some news. There was, they made two hires to the front office staff, one being earlier in the week and one happening today. But we'll kind of lump those two guys together. Um, but first off, obviously, it being the offseason, Dan Breer is getting to work. The Flyers offered some qualifying offers to some, some of their restricted free agents, being Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, uh, Ollie Lykesel, uh Ronnie Adderd, and Cam York. The Flyers also decided to not make qualifying offers to forwards uh, Evan Barrett, who was a PSU great, who I thought had potential in the, in the, in the NHL, but really turned out just to be an EC, ECHLer. He actually signed in the German League last week. Oh, wow. And, of course, um, Kiefer Bellows and defenseman Wyatt Wiley. The Flyers cut ties with those three players. And then in, in, in an interesting thing, um, in uh, to keep kind of two with the CBA, uh, the Flyers had goalie Ivan Fedotov's um, contract be told and will remain in effect will remain in effect for next season. Yeah. I'm been told by people on Twitter who follow the KHL and other leagues and the minor leagues that all totally means is you're sliding over to where it's so it's counting for next season. Uh-huh. Um, but it doesn't mean that he's coming over North America. So to me, though, we'll start off with Fedotov, Mastro, before I let you give your thoughts on the other okay. players there that are going or not going. Why would you toll someone's contract and have it slide over if it's your not intent to bring him over to North America? I know Fedotov is finishing up or might be finished his Russian military service now. Yeah. Um, and therefore could be able to come over to North America if he wanted to. Um, I know CSKA Moscow... The KHL team is essentially trying to hold him hostage. I mean, if I'm the Philadelphia Flyers, he's an asset of theirs. They've signed him to a legal binding contract. Um, 
I'm hoping they can go some type of zero dark 30 or send Liam Neeson over and get him, get him the hell out of there and bring him over here to North America. You know, because yeah. um, wh- why would you have this contract count towards the cap next year? Um, you know, roster spaces are a commodity. You know, why would you have a roster space that you're going to use on an asset who's not over here playing for you? Yep. It doesn't make sense to me. So hopefully they can get him over. I expect all of Noah Cates, Frost, like Sil, Adderd, and York to be either with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms or the Philadelphia Flyers next year. To Evan Barrett, Kiefer Bellows, and Wyatt Wiley, thank you for your service in the organization. But none of you really were anything to write home about. So, sayonara. Yeah. Um, not much to say that's already been said. But, you know, I think, again, with the qualifying offers to Cates, Frost, like Sil, Adderd, and York, I mean, these are guys that we've seen um, in the NHL whether it's, you know, a handful of games or a couple of seasons so far. And, you know, they're, they're guys with, you know, they're out there to prove something, and that something is that they belong in the NHL with the Flyers, hopefully. York might be our number one defenseman right now. Yeah. Um, Morgan Frost so, could be a second-line center at the start of the uh, season. So, we, yeah, I think we, we definitely, I guess, may need them more than they know. Um, but, no, I mean, again, they're, they're good. You know, qualifying offers are just that, where it's guys that you, you want to – you want to stick with your team, and that's what they're doing. And when it comes to the Fedotov situation, um, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. The fact that he's, you know, potentially still coming over to North America. Um, it would be huge. I, yeah, it would be very big. Um, and like you said, Dave, I did see, I think, I forget who posted it, but there was that video on Twitter that was going around with him, like, going out on the ice for – I think it was a championship game in that military um, league he was playing in yeah and then it was like oh this is the championship game and then that means that his service is over and it's like oh okay cool but then and he was donning flyers colored pads yeah um so you know we we could see in the next in the near future here you know the announcement that he he is coming over which is which would be great um because again he's pretty highly touted from what we've heard before the whole he's getting held hostage in russia ordeal um but, you know, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, I mean, these are all players that can benefit the team in some way, shape, or form. And, again, like you said, to to Barrett, Bellows, and Wiley, salute. We thank you for your service, and, you know, we wish you the best in your future endeavors. Yeah. And going on from there, Mastro, we can also discuss, obviously, the Flyers bringing two former Flyers home. And everyone who's getting up in arms right now by me saying former Flyers Relax, ladies and gentlemen. These are not hockey dinosaurs. They are two very smart hockey men and former excellent NHLers in being Patrick Sharp and Johnny LeClaire. And I think every Flyers fan has heard of those two names. Now, granted, Patrick Sharp, the Flyers probably gave up a little bit too early on in his playing career and sent him to Chicago. And I think he did some things with Chicago that we don't need to mention here on this podcast because, you know, 2010, cough, cough, moving on. Um, but Jonathan LeClaire, one of the best USA hockey players of all time and flyers of all time. Yep. But Patrick Sharp was named special advisor to hockey operations, where he will be more so focusing on the development and the prospects of the players, the younger players in the organization. So he'll be working a lot with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and the running Royals. And then Johnny LeClaire has been named also another special advisor to hockey operations, but he more so will be dealing um, with Dane Breer and Keith Jones on the big club with the Flyers. But in combination, yeah. both of them 
kind of completing that trio of hockey ops with with Jonesy and Danny Briere. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, I honestly love it. Um, when I saw that they hired LeClaire earlier today, I was like, hell yeah. Like, LeClaire's definitely a guy where he's like, again, he's not a hockey dinosaur. He's a seasoned, he's a seasoned vet, as they say. Um, you know, he's definitely a dude that's going to, like, want to just, you know, be kind of all business. But uh, he looks like the type of guy at this point, and I'm sure he was the type of guy in his playing career where he's just, you know, maybe just going to hammer some beers with Danny B and just kind of, you know, talk shop about what's, what's like, what the deal is with the team and all the type of stuff and talk with Jonesy as well. Um, so I'm I'm stoked about the LeClaire hire. And then, you know, Patrick Sharp as well were kind of the same – I guess a similar path to what Jonesy did where, you know, played in the NHL, obviously went into broadcasting for a few years and now he's back in the league, obviously with the Flyers again um, as the, the advisor to hockey operations. So, I mean, again, these are both guys, you know, it's kind of, again, we're, we're seeing a lot more of that nowadays where we're seeing former players come full circle, so to speak, not necessarily with the same team that they played with, but like they, they obviously they have a playing career, they go into like media or broadcasting or some sort of business. I think LeClaire was a real estate agent for the last few years, um, something like that. Um, but anyway, I mean, again, these are great hockey minds. They were great players in their day as well. And it's just, I think, in my opinion, you know, it just it just bolsters this new look front office that we have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that new era of orange is looking even better, in my opinion, than it was, you know, last week where we had the Provorov trade and all that type of stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm all for it. And if anyone isn't, then that's fine. But your opinion's also wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's change that a lot of Flyers fans have been calling for. You know, Dave Scott, out. Chuck Fletcher, out. Valerie Camillo, out. You know, and those were three names that were not very popular amongst Philadelphia Flyers fans. And Valerie yeah. Camillo just also, she was stepping down this week. You know, that's one of the newer things. Um, so those are three pivotal names that fans were not happy with. And now it's, it's, it's a new, like you said, a new era of orange. You got Dan Helferty, Keith Jones, Danny Briere, John LeClaire and Patrick Sharp. And you know what? They've already, a good friend of the pod and Mikey D tweeted this today. They know that the things he wanted to see from the new direction the flowers are having is a new front office. A good first trade and check and check. And now it's a good draft and keep on making more trades and give the goddamn captaincy to Scott Lawton already. <laughs> I know I know Hoagie will be leading that train. I I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this from Hoagie and maybe everyone else, but there's something inside me that tells me Scott Lawton might get dealt at the draft. I mean, there has been there have been rumblings apparently that a rumor I saw now I don't know if this is very very true or not, but I heard supposedly that the Flyers turned down a trade from Toronto that would have given us their first round pick and younger brother of Jason Robertson, Nick Robertson, who's mm-hmm. one of Toronto's top prospects. Yeah, as a rumored trade, apparently the Flyers turned down. I have no idea if that's legitimate or not, but I love I love lots. I want him to be the next captain of the team because I feel like he's the proper captain for this rebuilding situation we're in. Yeah. But Nick Robertson's high end talent. Yeah. 
And this draft this year is so deep where even with Toronto's pick being later in the twenties, I don't care. That yeah. is that is another excellent asset to add to your draft pool. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. We yeah. will see what happens. I know yeah. that the draft is actually it is win on a Wednesday this year. It's Wednesday the twenty eighth. So yeah. that could that that that'll be a pivotal, pivotal evening for this rebuild of the Philadelphia Flyers. Definitely. Um, I think that just about does it for our Flyers coverage. Um, we do have a couple of things. Yeah, just a just a couple house cleaning, I guess, items on around the league before we let everyone go on their merry way into a – I have a three-day weekend. Um, so, you know, I know Juneteenth is on Monday, and that's been a federal yes. holiday, which is great. Um, so we'll, I'll have off from work, which is nice. Um but getting to around the league here, we go to the, the great state of New Jersey. Great with a question mark above it or next great? to it. Great? Yeah. We're like shitty? <laughs> the armpit of America? Yeah. Um, okay, beaches, the Outer Banks are better. Uh, I know I'm biased. I like Jersey. I like the Jersey Shore. I'm telling you, man. Gotta get to the Outer Banks. It'll change. It'll change your whole opinion. It's on the list. It's on the list. Um, anyway, um, Jesper Bratt, um, the forward for the New... I almost said New York Devils. Um, oh, New Jersey oh, Devils. Oh, cringe. Um, <laughs> the New Jersey Devils agreed to an eight-year, $63 million contract earlier today with an average annual value of 7.875. Can I get those decimals in there? Uh, $7.875 million. The 24-year-old forward tied his NHL career high with 73 points in 82 regular season games for the Devils this past season and had six points in 12 Stanley Cup playoff games. Uh, he was slated to become a, a restricted free agent on July 1st. Uh, if you didn't know, the Devils finished with the most wins and points in its history, but they were eliminated by the Carolina Hurricanes in five games in the Eastern Conference second round. Um, back on August 20, not August 3rd, sorry, August 3rd, 2022, Bratt signed a one-year $5.45 million contract with the Devils to avoid an arbitration hearing with the sides unable to agree on a long-term deal. So I guess a little bit of a, a, a very small bridge deal. Um, well, not money-wise, but year. Approve-it deal. Yeah. You got a one-year um, approve-it deal. Yep. And now he's on one of the best contracts in the entire NHL. Yep. Um, and then with Bratt now signed, New Jersey has seven players who can become restricted free agents on July 1st, including forwards Nathan Bastian, Jesper Boquist, Michael McLeod, Timo Meyer, and Igor Sharangovich, defenseman Kevin Ball, goalie Mackenzie Blackwood, and four who can become UFAs with forwards Eric Howler, Thomas Tatar, Miles Wood, and defenseman Ryan Graves. So obviously some some sheets to be put out there by Devils management. But for now, obviously, Jesper Bratt is locked up for the next eight seasons. And, uh, you know, he won't go broke anytime soon. No, no, that's a great – as much as it pains me to say that's a great contract for the Devils, Jesper Bratt's one of their better top six forwards. And I think he's only, he's only going to get better. and He's going to be a pain in the Flyers' ass for many years to come. Well said. And then moving from New Jersey up to Western Canada in Calgary, uh, keeping on the theme of former players being hired to their former teams, 
Jerome McGinlow was hired by the Calgary Flames earlier today as a special advisor to the general manager. Uh, the 45-year-old was a teammate of new GM Craig Conroy, who was recently promoted from assistant GM to GM on May 24th or 23rd. Sorry, um, they both helped Calgary reach the 2004 Stanley Cup final, which was a seven-game loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Aginla's duties will be to advise the Flames in all areas of hockey operations, as assigned by Conroy. He will continue his coaching responsibilities with Rink Hockey Academy in Kelowna, British Columbia, but also support the Flames in a shared time capacity for the rest of 2023. Uh, Craig Conroy was quoted saying, Dating as far back as our playing days with the Flames, Jerome and I have always talked about one day working together in the NHL. That day has finally come, and I'm happy to welcome him back to Calgary. He provides a creative approach and smart hockey mind to our team, blended with a passion for the game and a desire to win the Stanley Cup. So, um, again, obviously inducted into the Hall of Fame with the class of 2020, played his first 16 NHL seasons for the Flames, and had 1,300 points for Calgary, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Boston Bruins, Colorado Avalanche, and LA Kings. His 1,219 games, 525 goals, and 1,095 points each ranked first in Calgary slash Atlanta Flames history, and his 570 assists are second behind only Al McGinnis. So, I mean, again, uh, a, Hall of, a Hall of Fame worthy hire by the Calgary Flames, who barely missed the playoffs this season. Um, and they had more points than the Florida Panthers. Yeah, but, you know, different conference. So, yep. um, but yeah, I mean, good hire by the Flames, and you know, Jerome McGinley has always been a cool guy, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, just a, and again, a good Hall of Fame hire, as I said. I, I wonder if Conroy went to Ginla and said, I'm the captain now. Because <laughs> when, they, when they played together, Ginla was the captain and Conroy was the assistant. And now it's the role, the roles have been reversed. So, no, it's a great hire by the Flames. They're, they're kind of in a tricky situation. Um, where they're kind of a team that's in limbo. Like, should they rebuild? Should they go for it? Well, they've got some good talent. Um, but missing the playoffs was kind of a big deal for them. So we'll see We'll see where they go from there. But that's a nice hire by the Flames. Again, Liz is a smart hockey mind. And I like Craig Con- I like Conroy as their new GM a lot as well. Cool. And then um, I'll leave us with a nice heartwarming story, Dave. I don't know if you saw this on my Instagram story earlier today or just on the social media airwaves, but um, according to this NHL.com article, there's a social media creator named Zach Deranowski. There we go. Um, But he's a social media creator, and he surprised uh, two 80-year-old Vegas Golden Knights fans with free tickets to see their favorite team, uh, obviously, which ended up being the Stanley Cup clinching game on oh, that's Tuesday. Cool. Um, Zachary, who posts acts of kindness under the handle MD Motivator, appro- approached uh, John, who's the man's name, in the store asking if he was a Golden Knights fan and would like free merchandise in a video posted to Instagram. Uh, John, who had said he watched every Vegas game since 2018, happily accepted the, t- the swag, saying that him and his wife, Charlene, we're actually going shopping that day to look for some merchandise as well. Um, oh, I lost the article here. Hold on a second. There you go. Um, the, let's see. Zach then surprised John with a box that had $1,000 cash in it, which the unsuspecting fan thought was a hat, and he couldn't believe the random act of kindness. However, the surprises weren't done yet, as John was telling Zach he would love to go to the game, 
but would be watching it on TV. The TikTok creator pulled out a pair of Game 5 tickets to what would be John's first NHL game. Uh, John obviously got emotional and said, makes me cry. People don't give me things, you know. I always try to help when I can, but I'm limited with cash. Of course, the first person John wanted to call was his wife, who ran over to give Zach a hug as soon as she arrived. Um, and then both of them were dressed in their new Golden Knights gear. They actually met Wayne Gretzky, and they also, again, you know, got a very special treat, I guess you could say, in, well, a really special treat in watching their team hoist the Stanley Cup on home ice. Uh, and, I mean, again, that's your first NHL game. I think it's kind of maybe downhill from there. But, <laughs> Um, regardless, you know, just a, a great gesture by, uh, I think this guy also did something for a Panthers fan, um, back in the, I think it was the Eastern Conference final, um, mm. or it, it might've been one of the cup final games in Florida when they won an overtime, oh, which is right. the only, the only, cool. um, the only game they won. Yeah. Yeah. Just a good feel good story and uh, you know something to look out for if you see it on social media because it is making the rounds. But you know, just again something to lighten it up and lighten the mood to to end our our week here. Be kind. Stories like that are always nice to feel good. Like nice for old people. You know, good for the first NHL game. You know, good for old people. Good for old people. Way to go! <laughs> you did it. <laughs> old Super duper. Yeah. I just hope one day I can watch the Flyers with the Stanley Cup. If it happens to me if I'm 80 years old, I hope I can get the tickets. There we go. Yeah, I hope if I'm if I make it to 80, the Flyers win a cup by then. Yes. And also 95 has been rebuilt. Yes. Yes. The rebuilds are both done. Yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. But, you know, with that, Dave, I mean again, that's all I've got for around the league. I think that's all we've got in general for tonight. And, yes. you know, as I as I usually do here, um, for our very special 200th episode at Five Minute Major, I will hand the 200 episode edition talking stick to you and wrap us up for the night. Yes, thank, thank, thank you as always. Um, real quick, this is where our chance, as we usually give our annual shout out to our affiliates in the Pod Street Bullies. If you like us, you will like them. Check out all their work, follow them on social media, listen to their podcast. It is excellent, excellent stuff. And also, Make sure for the next two weeks you are paying attention to their podcast feed because Mash and I will be taking our annual summer vacation. I will be out of the office, out of the office literally, and out of the podcast space going down to the Outer Banks for two weeks, leaving bright and early Saturday morning at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I, I will be watching the draft. Don't you worry. At the beach, I'll be seeing what the Flyers do at picks number 7 and 22 overall. Any trades that go down, but... uh. No podcasts for at least two weeks. We will return to everyone next month after the 4th of July holiday. So with that, thank you, everyone, for all your listens and your follows for these past 200 episodes. Thank you, Masho, for being my co-host through all this. Yes, sir. But, uh, enjoy your couple weeks off here, and uh, we will see everyone in the month of July.